This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. Doc Thompson, it's Skip McCall, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu again today. Happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve. Figure he'd spend some time today and run down some of the, the biggest stories of 20. What are you wearing? What do you mean? Re- okay, okay. What do you mean? What's wrong Hold with that? Hold on a it? second. Hold on a second. If, if anybody's familiar with our show at all on the Blaze Radio Network, uh, weekday mornings, East Coast time, 6 to 9 a.m., uh-huh. uh, you'll notice uh, Skip and I normally are not uh, people who dress very well. When we come on the TV show, whether it's filling in for Glenn or Pat and Stu, a lot of times I'll put on a jacket and occasionally a tie, and I got a bunch of new ties this year for Christmas, so I said I'll go ahead and definitely put on a tie as we're, we're on the show. You're not really a jacket person, even when we're on these shows. I do occasionally. Rarely. It's a bit about forty percent, probably thirty percent, thirty-five. I don't know, somewhere around there. Twelve, fifteen uh, percent, right in that meaty little area. I, I wear them occasionally. Okay. Then you have one that's kind of a. What's uh, wrong with the jacket? No, it's a fine jacket. It's just not something you would traditionally wear. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to, to, to. You're trying to up suck up to Glenn, is what you're oh, doing. Oh, this has nothing to do with Glenn. Either you raided his wardrobe or you I sucked up to Glenn. I, I think it's a nice jacket. It's a nice jacket. It's. You just, say, you're saying you don't like the way Glenn. Dresses? I say I like the way Glenn dresses. It's wow. just very different from how you dress. Very, very different. I, I think I think it looks stylish. <laughs> I do too. But well, you normally tr- don't do maybe, that. Maybe maybe it's like part of a New Year's resolution, you know, to dress better and to have a little okay, more style. Okay, okay, okay. As opposed to just wearing a brown jacket or a blue jacket, which I usually do. I welcome your new sense of uh, of fashion and that you want to do better. Excellent. Good for you. Good for you. Well, Skip and I have been using a hashtag for the last month or so. Uh, the Better Yourself Challenge on Twitter, hashtag Better Yourself Challenge. It's something we use because uh, we're trying to get people to start these, and it's not New Year's resolutions. We've been doing these for a while now. It's a rolling challenge that every 30 days you, you try to better yourself because, unfortunately, we have just gotten stagnant. I mean, we just go home from work, and I know you're tired, I'm tired, and you put on the TV and you flop on the couch, maybe you play with the kids or something, you go to bed and you start it all over again, then you, hey, the, guy, the game's on Sunday or whatever. Shouldn't we be better? Shouldn't we be doing more, Skip? I mean, every day, shouldn't we just strive to make our lives better? We know Congress ain't going to be doing it for us. Well, and that's what I think. I think a lot of people have lost the whole concept of wanting to do better and wanting to, to, to better themselves, to find something in their lives that either, A, they don't do very well, mm-hmm. or, B, that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing, and cut that out. See, we should always, constantly be trying to better ourselves. So here's the deal. It's, it's a better yourself challenge. Every 30 days, pick up something new. Say you've been wanting to quit smoking, do it. 30 days from now, start something new. 
or stop something new, whatever that new challenge is. Hashtag better yourself challenge. And now some of these can be just more bucket list stuff. I mean, listen, if, if for three months in a row you quit smoking, you quit drinking, and you started running or getting in shape or something, those are pretty significant ones. Maybe do something a little less. You've always had a couple of books that you've been putting off reading. The Better Yourself Challenge for that month may be reading a couple of those books, spending more time with your family, whatever it is, praying more, going to church every, every week or several times a week, whatever it is. But find something in every 30 days, change your life for the better. Imagine where you'll be 12 months from now, two years from now, if you finally learned that second language, got in shape, spent more time with your family. Think how better the world would be if we all just did this for a couple of months in a row. In fact, come February, I'm thinking of taking a bold choice and uh, not watching any more NFL football. Like after uh, early February, maybe like February. NFL. Oh, NFL, the National Football. They're they're dead to you. It's, it's pro- I'm sorry, they're dead to me. Yeah, they're dead to you. For a bunch I don't know what they are. Football. Guns. I know what football, football yeah, is. Yeah, this is this is a league, the National Football League. It's professional sports. Yeah, I think I would have heard that something they're, like well, that. Well, they're dead to you at this point. No, yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna not watch anymore after February like seventh or so. Wow. Okay. February seventh or so. Why February? So it seems like an odd number. No, there's, a, there's no reason. Oh, Let's okay. just move on, please. But anyways, if you would like to pick up the uh, mantra, join us on Twitter, and uh, we'll, we'll spend a lot more time talking about it after the first of the year on our show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's hashtag Better Yourself Challenge. Pick up something and get that thing uh, started every 30 days. It doesn't have to be on the first of the month or the first of it. Today's the, the 31st. You can do it today. You can do it four days from now, whatever it is. It's a rolling 30 days, and just start it and get it going. Uh, we have talked a little bit more about this in a special we recorded that's uh, going to be airing all weekend. And I think today, tonight, tomorrow, maybe the weekend, several days in a row on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the year in your ear. It's kind of a review of everything that happened in 2014, especially audio of it. And we feature some of that. Uh, All the hosts from the Blaze Radio Network, some of the people from the Blaze TV will join us. You can catch that on the Blaze Radio Network at theblaze.com slash radio and some of your local radio stations, your terrestrial-based ones as well. But check that out, and we'll explain a little bit more on the Better Yourself Challenge. Uh, 2014, a a great year for me, profound year for me. Um, I am blessed. In fact, um, every year, even the ones that were not as good, still ended up being, in the long run, really good years for me. I try to count my blessings and... um, uh, Skip and I made the move to Bentonville, Arkansas from Ohio in order to, um, to start our lives there just a few hours from the Mercury Studios here in Dallas because my wife got a job there. Uh, we love it. Town's great. It's big fun. Yeah, always stressful moving, you know, so that was, uh, was stressful, but it's really been nice. You know, the town has really welcomed us, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just been really nice so far. 2014 has been a great year for me, too. Everything, the opportunities with the blaze, I mean, I continually pinch myself when I'm a- around these studios. You know, at the end of our show this morning, somebody mentioned something, and it might just be that uh, I've been fired so much I'm, I'm paranoid, but they, they mentioned uh, that we may, be, we may be on our way out based on a little, little segment that you put together this morning. Who, uh, who? Somebody tweeted at me and mentioned that um, our, our letter of termination will include three pages of what Glenn wore last year. We were talking about how Skip's dressing like Glenn. At the end of each show, we talk about what Glenn wears because a lot of people, you know, will make fun of Glenn. And I just like bringing it up to show people how well he dresses. That's the only reason I mention it at the end of the show. And then a lot of times, Skip lampoons him. And no, I'm like, that's I, not what this is about. Him. That's not about lampooning him. He, Mocking. I never mock him. I think he usually... Giving him the business a little bit Usually looks quite dapper. 
Oh, that, almost, that's my almost approach, always looks quite dapper. So we, uh, we, uh, I wanted to bring up what Glenn wore all year again to try to promote him and the good he does. And Skip put together this audio montage which really mocked him. I, it wasn't, it wasn't mocking him. It was showca showcasing mm. his fashion throughout well, the year. We'll let you decide a little bit later on in the program. If you want to hear it for yourself, I tweeted out a link to it at theblaze.com, or excuse me, it's at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show. And we'll share a little bit of that with you. But uh, so far, you do have kind of a Glenn thing going on. It's not a Glenn thing. It has nothing to do with Glenn. Okay. I'm not Just the better yourself challenge. Closet. I got you. Exactly. Oh, wonderful. So uh, 2014, uh, what significant things uh, happened in 2014? How did it end up for Congress, the president, the American people, your business, your family, your friends? I think all in all, uh, better off. Um, no thanks to a lot of the people that we talk about all the time. I think this just has to do with the American people saying, all right, I'm going to have to go out and do this myself. We'll start some, some businesses. We'll grow. We'll, we'll get it done one way or another. That's in spite of the rule that's currently happening. Right, exactly. Now, there's a lot of people, if you see the economy ticking up a little bit, they're like, hey, Obama, it's working, it's working. Well, I would refer you to the... Uh, the small recession that could have been a Great Depression that Calvin Coolidge turned around. If you know anything about that, we would have been out of this several years ago, and we'd be living the high life again. We'd be, we'd be on top of things. So we're, we're winning in spite of it. It was not a good year overall for President Obama, though. Not so much. By far mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the worst year he's had to endure as president. Yeah. Well, I mean, the wheel's uh, starting to fall off the administration at this point. Well, um, let's, uh, let's go down some of the list of some of the things that he failed on. Um, first of all, overall, his ratings are down. But uh, do you remember when he said something about ISIS, ISIL, ICE? Being the JV team? Yes. The, Was it the JV team? Did I get that right? I believe he called it, yes, the JV team. Yeah, how did that work out? I think they've been stepped up to varsity at this point. All of them are just part of a them. A good number of them. I mean, I'm sure there's a, the scraggling runs that are still back on JV. But is, oh, overall, I would call ISIS at least at the varsity level. Did middle school move up to JV now? Has Probably, any of the middle schoolers usually. moved up to JV? I mean, it's the same type of thing. Until you take out the head, everybody moves up a seat. Now, what, what about the, the varsity team? Have they moved up to college? Have any of them gone pro with this, cutting people's heads off? No, thing? they had know. their heads cut off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 just wondering so, okay, you, how the hierarchy varsity lays out until, now. you know, something, you get a bum knee, head off, and <clears throat> move up on. My, uh, my buddy Skip Lacombe made a, an amazing point to me about a year ago, which is uh, stunning because Skip has virtually no good points ever. And he's usually pretty drunk. So um, when he said this, I was like, wow, you're right. We really have no foreign policy that's consistent if, if probably for 50, 60 years. We really have no foreign policy in America. And that's not saying from administration to administration. It's just throwing it all out there and react as opposed to have a policy that we say, this is what America is, world. This is how we will act. And we will react according to that policy. We don't. And I really realized that it was back during the last uh, presidential election, too, when we had the, the 16 Republicans up there on stage, too. And they're all going. I mean, this was like an episode of Saturday Night Live, basically, <laughs> with all of them up there. It was, it was hilarious to watch. But even each and every one of them, all within the own Republican Party, had a really different way of how they would handle a majority of foreign issues. And I got to thinking, I don't know if that's really good for America. Shouldn't America as a country have a general set of rules the way we operate, not just based off who gets elected every four years? Right, exactly. A general one. I mean, there's going to be, you know, little nuances, nuances and of stuff. But, but there should be a general policy, and it should start with the Constitution, and we should say this is how much we're going to act and react when it comes to help. I mean, the only question is, is helping other countries, I would say, um, that want to be free, that want to be, you know, have a representative republic style yeah. of government. Uh, that would be the question, but shouldn't that be pretty simple? 
You would think so. Right? I mean, if you're willing to put skin in the game, we'll help you when we can. Here are the, But there just isn't. I bring that up because ISIS, ISIL, and them being a JV team, according to President Obama, was hi- highlighted that flaw. And it's not just President Obama. Certainly, he made that mistake by saying that. The president wanted to go in and attack uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. Well... Assad, I mean, he attacked how many of his people? 100,000? Human rights violations? Right. He's gassing them? It's horrible. Then he said, as part of that, um, um, let's see, ISIS was good prior... No, wait, let me get this straight. Assad was good when John Kerry had dinner with him a couple of years ago. Remember, he was good. Yes. Then Obama comes in and says, Assad is bad because he's killing his own people. We've got to get him out. Okay. But then ISIS pops up and starts cutting people's heads off. And you know ISIS is opposed to Assad. Yes, very much so. So, And that's one of their mantras. They're fighting against Assad. So then Obama says, oh, wait a minute here. This oh, like Assad. Assad guy's not so bad. I mean, he's got some endearing qualities, you know. If you he's can, a good-looking guy. If you can look past the gas against his own people, really, what do you got? That's right. What do you got? Right. So then he was forced to because Americans said, they're cutting people's heads off. you got to do something. He was forced to side with Assad again. Assad's not that bad. I mean, we got to go out and do something with ISIS. Remember, he made that statement after weeks of people saying, how come you're not doing something? They're cutting people's heads off. So then he comes out and says, okay, we are going to fight ISIS. We said no uh, boots on the ground. There's a lot of boots on the ground right now all over the Middle East, including Iraq. And then says, uh, all right, we've got to, uh, we've got to do something here. We're going to work with Assad to <laughs> these people. Then came out a couple of weeks later and was like, well, Assad's a bad guy, too. It's kind of a bottom line. There's no policy. They don't know what they're doing. They react. And what do they react to? They react to the people that pay them and put money into their campaigns. They react to you and I when we say, okay, this is serious enough, you must do something. And the, the, the visual of Americans getting their heads cut off, sawed off, and posted on the Internet, forced the president to waffle and change. So regardless of whether or not you think we should be going after ISIS, regardless of whether or not you think we should be going after Assad, who we should be, none of that matters. Here is the colossal fail from President Obama. The waffle, not having a plan and sticking to it. Why would things change? If you know who you are, why would you go from Assad's good to Assad's bad to Assad's good to Assad's bad? It just doesn't make any sense in it because the president has taken these points, too, that he's forced to waffle in it because he has to at this point. He's been forced. His hand has been forced by, by both Syria and by the Americans, by ISIS. He's, he's trying to, to, to make too many friends. He doesn't want to piss anybody off too much. So he kind of waffles in all these different camps. And, and that's been one of his major problems, too. Now, uh, the president had some good days, too. I mean, Bo Bergdahl. Right? That was, uh, yeah. he brought a soldier home, Skip, um, right? That's great. About the, That's, whole, uh... about the whole Bergdahl thing is, <laughs> um, see, apparently there were a lot of Americans and a lot of soldiers that weren't too happy with that exchange. What do you mean? Apparently abandoning your post mm-hmm. and then having other soldiers die while trying to rescue you. That doesn't sit well with people. And then sympathizing with your captors. Mm-hmm. And it's going to probably be a bad look on you. At least the question of all of those things is certainly going to be a, a bad look. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a colossal fail, which led to another colossal fail, and that's how he's dealing with Cuba, because you have another prisoner exchange. Now, help me get this right. Bo Bergdahl, we exchanged five Middle East terrorists for Bergdahl, right? Yes, I do believe so. Five for one. Five for one. Mm -hmm. 
But with Cuba, we exchanged three Cuban spies for one American. Okay. So by the transitive property, three Cuban spies equals five Middle East terrorists. Did I get that right? Roughly, roughly. Now, the, the exact conversions, I mean, there's like .0724. I mean, the it's not even, but out, right, so, right. So, yeah, I mean, We're rounding you, up, down. Yeah, to, in simplest mm. terms, I mean, if we had a higher numbers of it, too, you would see a little more fluctuation. We but, get into the millions or something well, and like we that. We also have to go and take into account that it's possible the other two mm -hmm, Cubans mm -hmm. that would have normally taken place, it was right. five and five, embargoed. <laughs> Maybe so that it. trade embargo with okay, Cuba may actually saying. may actually affect the actual prisoner exchange rate as well. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't care about the Cuban embargo, a uh, trade embargo, when he's trading spies. Yeah, we can't import Cuban cigars, but Cuban spies, go oh, ahead. Man, we're all set. Now let me ask you: the Bo Bergdahl thing was months and months ago. The Cuban spy thing just a uh, couple of weeks ago. Was there that much of a fluctuation in the market? Would have been even. You know, five Middle East terrorists to three Cuban spies. Did we just see something dramatic happen in the economy? I mean, is there a big drop in the dollar? Could be, is, could is, be. Is I don't know. Is the Cuban whatever I don't know. dollar I, they I have? I think these like chickens, the Cuban the chicken. Cu the Cuban chicken, has that yeah. gone, gone up a lot? Right? I, don't, I don't mean that's what they, like some translation. I mean, I think they it's trade actually, chickens yeah, as exactly. part of their currency uh -huh. there. I'm not sure what they use there. Makes sense. All right, uh, we're going to get to uh, some of your tweets coming up. Love to engage with you, so please follow at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. If you want to use the hashtag, what I learned today, We'll engage with you on that as well. It's Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. A good year for Stock and Skip, a great year for Glenn Beck, the Blaze TV, the Blaze Radio Network. Great, great year for all of us. Not so good for President Obama. Uh, running down some of the other troubles he had this year, obviously the midterm elections, a little bit of trouble for President Obama. That's going to be bad on him, mm -hmm. yeah. Whenever you have a big swing like that, that's oftentimes a statement upon the current administration, and I think it is this time as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he wasn't running, but uh, he couldn't hold it together, and he is the head of his party well, at and this the, point. And the biggest indication you have of that is he wasn't out on the campaign trail. They were keeping him as far away from those senators and congressmen that... Um, that normally a president would be campaigning with. I'm trying to think, did he really campaign with anybody? I don't believe so. I mean, there may have been a couple of stops. I'm trying to think. I think, oh, think uh, 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 Alison Lundgren, grimy. No, grimy I, was, and, I thought Michelle Obama did. Maybe she did. I, was I know Michelle Obama did a couple of them, three, four, maybe five. Wow. I don't know if the president did any. I mean, I'm sure he was out at about me. I don't. Think I can't he, think of any that is certainly nothing significant, not a lot. It may have been a stop here or there, but a lot of times you'll Grimey, see them but out. I feel like that was Michelle that went to go speak at Grime, with Grimey. Oh. I know Hillary did, and I know Mich pretty sure Michelle did. One of the uh, most popular pictures I've ever posted on Facebook as far as likes and shares and comments, and it, it just exploded for me, I think it was over the summer, was a picture that I stole, a picture that I found online of an aircraft carrier, and somebody had photoshopped a golf course over it. It's like a far shot, uh, and, and maybe you've seen them online. And it says US, uh, USS Barack Obama. It's got the golf course on top of the aircraft carrier. So deck, of course, the, the aircraft carrier that's going to be named after him is going to come with a full golf <laughs> right, course. Right, exactly. And people went absolutely crazy. And of course, it was it was divided. A lot of people thought it was hilarious. And people were like, oh, you know, other presidents golf too. Well, when you look at the amount that President Obama golfed 
in 2014. It's a whole lot. It is a lot. You remember George W. Bush even stopped golfing because oh. he said it looked bad while soldiers over there fighting and dying. And I think it was right after 9-11 he says he wasn't going to play mm -hmm. another round as president because he didn't think it looked good. And you know what? I fault no president for going out and enjoying uh, golf or whatever else it is they want to do. They could do that. That's fine. You're the president. You get out now and then. It's the amount he did it while telling us he was in it for the, the, the little guy, in it for the middle class, the working guy out there. And who was he with? Was he with the middle class? No. Was he by himself or just with friends? No. He was hobnobbing. He's carving up America a little bit with the people who donate, those big progressive donors out there. That's all it is. And then you look at the amount of times he was doing it. Um, because he was vacationing, Martha's Vineyard. In fact, the Martha's Vineyard one, he was at Martha's Vineyard. And what was the event that happened during Martha's Vineyard? It was in August. Back in August, uh, that was when one of the first beheadings That's of the Islamic State, James Foley, was beheaded. And he, uh, I mean, uh, uh, pushed back a press conference because he had a tea time, and then he came back out. Wow. He was photographed. <laughs> An hour or so after saying how horrible this is for America, how he feels for the family, yucking it up on the course. And again, too, go out and have a good time. But is that really the best look for the president? You could have canceled one day of it to maybe avoid looking as though you're out yuck yucking it up on the golf course. I think the same thing. I think uh, Ferguson may have been an issue at the same time, too. Likely. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he played mm -hmm. a round of golf within the 72 hours of Michael Brown being shot. So, yeah, I'm sure that was the case, too. And that was really, I think, with James Foley back in August, the first moment even some of the more liberal people were coming out saying, yeah, bad, bad look, Mr. President. Bad look. Speaking of bad looks, it was not a good year for President Obama when it came to his fashion sense. The, the tan suit. <laughs> this is folks. This is what you're upset about. Yes, the tan suit on President Obama looked horrible. President Obama is a sharp dresser. He is a tall, thin guy. And you know what? Tall guys look better in suits. Tall, thin men just look better in suits. He wears a lot of uh, suits. He looks great in them. He generally dressed pretty well. The tan suit looked horrible. But what I found so funny about the tan suit... <laughs> was that people were so ticked off. I know. I looked would... at it and was like, yeah, it's horrible. But then the people defending him come out, and they're like, here's a picture of Reagan in a tan suit. Okay, now, so this has actually become a left versus right thing yes, with, the, yes. with the color of suit you're wearing? One thing I've found interesting about his manner of dress as opposed to previous presidents is tie choice. Uh, previous presidents from his... As far as I can remember, often blue or red were the only two colors they went with. That red power tie or that blue mm -hmm. trust me tie. Other than that, Obama has a lot more variance in the type of ties he wears. Yeah, I just, people are defending him. I mean, first of all, the fact that you defend him, show what an ass you are. I'm being serious here. The fact that you came out and defended the tan suit, why? If you're really like, well, everybody else wears it, why can't he wear it? Then you know that they're an idiots for bringing up the tan suit. Yes, he looked horrible. But we do talk about what the president wears and what Jay-Z wears and what everybody else wears. We do that. I mean, if Conan O'Brien came out in a chicken suit tonight, not part of a skit, just sat down and did it, people would be like, you know, Conan O'Brien had a... A chicken suit on last night, and well, and, and that's been part of human culture for forever. I mean, we always look to the first lady as, as an icon of fashion. Look how Michelle Obama has become mm -hmm. one of that. Look all the way back to the royal families. What Princess Di is wearing, or what Princess Kate. Or... Right. So you can't say, okay, the president looks bad. You can't do that because then they come out and go, well, yeah, other people look bad at times too. And who could forget the the mom jeans? Yeah. Okay, that was a bad too. choice as yeah. well. Bad choice as well, but I'll go ahead and refer you to Clinton when he was jogging. Remember yeah. fat, sweaty Clinton in the jogging suits? Sadly. Remember George uh, W. Bush riding the bike with the helmet on, too? The, the mountain bike. He was a mountain biker. He wasn't a runner. He was mountain biking. 
please, which brings me to something else. I don't give a fig about the president's activities as far as, you know, recreational because he's out there. They, they won't, I, I think they think this is going to make the president look like he's strong, healthy, virile, whatever it is. So the president's run. I think it was uh, George H.W. Bush ran. Clinton ran. George W. Bush mountain bike. Obama plays uh, basketball and golf. Occasionally the mom jeans on the on the bicycle. Okay. 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 Why? I don't care. Again, none of this makes any sense. You idiots. Because none of this matters. I mean, at the same time, those people that are usually out there concerned about what he's wearing have, have no idea what Fast and Furious is. Don't know where Benghazi is, but they sure know <laughs> he wore a tan suit and damn, he didn't look good. Right, exactly. Well, and of course, you're racist if you mention the tan suit didn't look good on I'm it. I'm sorry. So. I apologize. Yeah, no, that happens or whatever. All right, quick break. We'll come back with uh, some of your tweets. It's uh, Doc and Skip. You can follow us on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Use the hashtag what I learned today, we're in for patents too on this New Year's Eve. wardrobe change I just here's the thing I mean oftentimes in, wow. in fashion one of the one wow. of the big concepts is layering <clears throat> so and, and I've, I've seen Glenn in the past too uh, so it is about Glenn then well I just I'm looking to him as maybe as as, a, as an icon to look for I mean we look at the first lady for fashion sorry I'm looking Glenn at someone is... a little more realistic than okay. that closer to my life someone I look up to Wait, closer I mean, to your lifestyle? Is that what you're closer to my life than Michelle okay, Obama Okay, is. I was going to say, I'm not sure Glenn's... No, he's, he's far from my lifestyle. <laughs> say, that's uh, very, very different there. Okay, well, I didn't realize you'd be changing mid-show. You're really... I, the... You know, I didn't either, but um, I feel like layering really does... And you know what? I, I think it works, to be honest. The Better Yourself Challenge apparently has happened mid-show. Okay. Why, well, why should it why should it take a break throughout the show? No, man? no, no. It's okay. It's what fine. you're saying, you, oh, you no, can occasionally no. better yourself, no, challenge, no. unless occasionally you just want to take a break from it. You know? No, no. Okay, that's be fine. Weak with that's it. No, fine. you got to own it, Doc. You look great. That's fine. I'm sorry. It's a 30 day challenge, not a 30 minute challenge. So who ended up being named uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year? Uh, 2014 Person of the Year for Time Magazine. I believe it was the Ebola. Uh, was it the doctors. Ebola doctors? The Ebola doctors. doctors ended up was, I believe so. Yeah. I really had no idea. I had heard some of the people who are on it, and I don't pay any attention because it is the most asinine list out there. Seriously, the, the year they put the little mirror on it and said you, it was just like a little reflective piece. I'm like, okay, you guys have lost that. it. Anytime they do the man, or per, first of all, it was man of the year. And even when they made Hitler man of the year, you're like, well, okay, I understand what they're saying. They're not saying um, the, the person to look up to, the most successful, the most honorable man of the year. No. It's the most pro, um, profound, prolific, Noteworthy, newsworthy. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, you can see Hitler, something like that. Absolutely. I wouldn't have done it, but I gotcha. And then it went to, well, it's person of the year. Because uh, be of, of sexism, you know. Right. Even the, it's only going to be men, the only man of the year. Even though we use man, and or have always used man, not so much anymore, as the default, meaning both man, men and women. Male and female. If you say chairman of the board, it can also mean women, but of course that whole thing changed. That was bad enough. But then when they started doing groups, you... The such and such people. What? No, I'm out. Anyways, that was their uh, person 
of the sins of, of the year. Will yes. it now be in brackets with the S after Time Magazine's person exactly. of the year? I don't know. The Washington Free Beacon as their their man of the year. And I gotta tell you, I really like the Washington Free Beacon. They they do some tremendous work. To be perfectly honest, we snipe a lot of their content for our don't morning show. Don't say that. They just say they do a good job. They they, they do a great job. And we'll, we like helping them the promote Washington. their site. Exactly. That's what it is. Yes, they do a great job. Lots of great collages. They make wonderful points. I, I've never met any of the people that I know of uh, that work at the Washington Free Beacon, but they do a tremendous job. So they have named their man of the year, and it's Al Sharpton. <laughs> do, we, do we know why they picked Al Sharpton? Yeah, they're calling Al Sharpton the funniest man on MSNBC and, <laughs> by default, the funniest man on cable news. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Maybe they're on to something. Maybe Al Sharpton is supposed to be comic relief. Well, perhaps, too. But, and see, they're saying, too, it's not just the fact that he's a talented comedian on the show, too. He's also a force in our culture at this point, too, in both good ways and bad ways. This is incredible, folks. When I grew up, Al Sharpton was the fat running suit uh, Al Sharpton. Mm -hmm. When he walked, you'd hear, <laughs> because of the running suit, the legs of the running suit. <laughs> Rub it against each other. It was the big, uh, is it the big bushy mustache oh, yeah. and the crazy hair and the medallions. I'm talking back in the day when he was like, hey, Tawana Brawley was raped. Let's go after the cops and everybody. And Oh, that was fake. Okay, that was the Al Sharpton, the real Al Sharpton. The race-baiting, gin-up hate and dissension while claiming things didn't actually happen happened in order to line his own pockets through his National Action Network. You missed racist. Did I miss? Ah, you sorry, racist. I a racist also. Yeah, yeah watching the free uh, beacon continues to that he makes us uh, think about whether or not what we do every day is truly racist, a force on nature. Mm -hmm. Continuing, he makes us turn the volume down on our television sets every night. <laughs> it's not. So it's more like family time. You turn it off. Exactly. You turn that it. way you can kind of have okay. those conversations. It's not an easy task to bring the American people joy every weeknight, and we're thankful tuning in that Reverend Al, you are 2014's free beacon man of the year. <laughs> We salute you, Al. We it's salute so you. Great. I made the point, and, and I've even heard Glenn mention it as well recently, that the generations growing up now only know Al Sharpton as the thin Al Sharpton as an NBC commentator. All, and, anchor. And, you know, and, anchor. And the line between anchor, commentator, and journalist, those have become blurred. So they recognize Al Sharpton as being Brian Williams, as being uh, um, Tom Brokaw. Peter Jennings in the past, uh, Huntley Brinkley. Truly, I mean, there's no different in a lot of these people's eyes than Al Sharpton and Tom mm -hmm. Brokaw. They know nothing of his history, know nothing about his past, his, his race baiting, his hate, Tuana Brawley, any of that. They know him simply as a commentator on the news channel they watch. Unbelievable. Well, Unbelievable. well they do know he's, he's not really good at speaking, though. I'm not sure they do. I'm not sure a lot of them do. They either assume he had it right because, well, he's on TV. You must be right, right? Or they're idiots and they don't know how to say it. All right. Uh, uh, do we have the um, Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter collage? Here's some of the joy that, in fact, I think the Washington Free Beacon has put this together. Yeah, they, they, they put together all this stuff. Okay. They have these and they've posted this. And this is one of my favorite segments. Al has some trouble with the teleprompter being on the TV when he's trying to run down the list of what he's supposed to say. Here is Al versus the teleprompter one. We must. We must. <laughs> They're all jitty about a shutdown. <laughs> yes, they the are. The Tortoise 
in the race. <laughs> then co-author of Who Briefs. You two lead singer Bono. Fran Drescher. Siganoi Weaver. <laughs> suspect Jahar Sanaev. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. The show Rush Lombard hosts Supreme Court <laughs> Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Is Mike, is Mike uh, Muckery yesterday Antonini, Antonin Scalia? Kim Kardashian and the Republican candidates. Both Cairo and Benghazi. We rank behind Lavita. Uh, First up, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan to college students in Beijing. He's getting lunch at Chipotle in Iowa. Maine is appropriate. The GOP's tax day giveaway to millionaires. Why was traffic problems email sent? The Environmental Projection Agency. And what sequestration has done. <coughs> oh, goodness. Oh, Al. See, now, now you're wondering, you're questioning why that would be the man of the year? I'm with the Washington Free Beacon. Why not? I mean, Washington Free Beacon does a good job with these videos, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have content like that, you have to name Al Sharpton your manager. You know what? I don't think they do a good job with the videos now that I think about it. You don't? No. How much work are they putting into it? You just record a couple of shows. You uh, got the 12 minutes of this stuff, that's right? That's a good point. How many shows they record? Like four? <laughs> right? That was actually all one program. That was like a 10-minute segment program. right there. Yeah, that was all in a row. Sonia Sodomizer. I don't know what the... Sigonorni Waver. Chipo, Chipotle, Chipotle. Antoninin Piscalia. <laughs> what I love too is when you when you see these at times, you can see him strain on his face trying to figure this out. Read the what's going. Sonoya Sigon Weavar. Chipotle. They're all giddy over it. <laughs> giddy. So uh, that was um, Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter one. There's an Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter number two. Should we review it now? All right. All right. Again, from the Washington Free Beacon, Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter two. Is this Crown Hog Day 2? We are watching <laughs> that was Attorney General Eric Holder, ABDs, about some Republicans what? at home are already beating the drums of war. Today, the Pentagon wow. refuted that claim. And he said the American people do not want him to, quote, dwindling, he, they do not want him dwindling his thumbs. You can get a gig as a court. Uh, contortionist, intravenous fluids and pills coated uh, with galette, uh, gelatin. We don't leave our women or women, women or men in uniform behind. It's a monument to the hubris of Dick Cheney, <laughs> Representative Raul Ara uh, Labrador. Years of, abu of abuse. I personally apologize to Mr. Peebus. Just ask. <laughs> To soon to be former congressman. Democrats are outright <laughs> jitty. CIA's counter-tourism counter counter center. <laughs> Veteran Affairs Secretary Shinsketti. Why do I always mess up his name? Shinseki. I love my critics. I have fun with that. Politics Nation with the Reverend Al Sharpton starts right now. Good evening, Rev. <laughs> Good Good evening, Dr. Dyson. 
<laughs> he, he just makes it too easy at that point. Um, I, I wasn't aware that the United States government has a counter-tourism uh, board and I, group I that either. would... Well, you don't want people touristing here. Well, I, I think they were formed right after the Environmental Projection Agency <laughs> That's came right. on. That's right. They're two different so groups or whatever. So it's good that we do have that. The Environmental Projection Agency, they're projecting their environment on you. Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter. Al apparently has some trouble uh, distinguishing between the state of Iowa and Ottawa, Canada. Is Brian Lilly still around? Can I maybe think he, he is. Can he come in and help us out with that? Actually, Brian, you got a, you got a quick second here. You can, we'll, we'll, we'll get Brian on in a second just to make sure. I mean, Brian, now Iowa, uh, Ottawa is a, is a part of Canada. Yeah, you just come on in. We'll, we'll get you on here. We'll figure this out somewhere. Oh, good. He's throwing all this. And I'm just going to yell into Yes, yell into Skip's like Yeah, yeah. Okay. J -j -j yell into one of my layers. Okay. Oh, that that's Is there a Iowa, Canada that you know of? Not that I know of. Not that you know of. Okay. All right. All right. I know there's probably some Ottawa's in the U.S. There's probably. Kansas. Ottawa, Kansas. Kansas. Not, exactly. Not a very whatever. big one, but okay. it's there. All right. Al seems to have some trouble between Ottawa and Iowa. So we're going to play a little clip here of Al Sharpton. The accused shooter was a Canadian national named Michael Joseph Hall. He also goes by the name Michael Zihabiba. <laughs> Joining me now from Ottawa is CBC reporter Chloe Fadeo, by phone freelance journalist Justin Ling, who was on lockdown today in Ottawa. <laughs> and Leif Alcoria, uh, Alcori, a counter-terror expert, uh, here with me in the studio. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Chloe, let me go to you first. What's the latest tonight in Iowa? <laughs> well, in <Okay>. Ottawa. <laughs> okay, so. Well, 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 in Ottawa. Yeah. I, I, now, I, I know one of the people he had on there. I know mm -hmm. Justin. Mm -hmm. He does not live in Iowa. Okay, I'm not good, sure good, he's okay. ever been to Iowa. Okay. And I was there for that shooting that day. Okay. That was definitely not in that, Iowa. That was Ottawa. That was Ottawa. Okay, the, very the capital good. of mm -hmm. the country next door. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's, it's right. Mm -hmm. Close. You, know, you sure it's not Toronto? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's not Iowa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. All we know is that it's not <laughs> Iowa. That we, we can be clear on. of. Yeah. Wow. He really had some troubles with a lot of things in that story. That was uh, very good. Well, that's right. the thing. He has a lot Ryan of trouble. Ryan from Sun News. Thanks so Thanks. much. That's the thing about him. He just has a lot of problems in general. That's why these, these contents too is so good, and that's why he is the perfect man of the year for Washington Free Beach. You know, a lot of the, uh, the kids that are growing up that recognize him as being an NBC news journalist and anchor. If you explain Al Sharpton's past to them, if you say, okay, this is the Al that I grew up with, you know what they're going to say? They're oh, that makes so much sense, why he screws up so much. We were wondering why he was on MSNBC. Yet now it makes sense. Oh. And then you explain a little bit about NBC being really progressive and they're trying to push that stuff. And they're like, oh, I get it now. I think what we need to do is uh, next time we're in Dallas, do a man on the street where we ask people if they recognize who this is. There it is. And do fat Al Sharpton. I a bet a majority of young people would not be able to recognize him. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more. This is Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu.
Tweets coming in. Give Al some credit. I was only a couple of inches away from Mimba. I can't even read that Ottawa on a map. Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess that has a uh, little to do with the size of the map. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be... Mishma Bezabob. That's right. It was Mishma Bezabob. <laughs> That's right. See, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with Mishma Bezabob, Canada, but mm -hmm. thank you. Very cool. Um, some other failures of the president. Uh, not a good year for him. Obamacare, his signature piece of legislation for his administration. Not doing real well. There's some trouble. Uh, first of all, you have Jonathan Gruber in 2014. The fact that this was not a bigger story and maybe the biggest story is shocking to me. The fact that the other networks did not cover this uh, to, to the level I think they should have covered it, stunning to me. How do you not cover something? Forget what your political agenda is. In fact, this shows even more what their political agenda is on, on networks like NBC. The fact that this would not be the biggest story that they should be covering like CNN covered the MH370. It should have been covered like that because this is his signature piece of legislation. You know how contentious it was coming up to passing it and getting it signed and how contentious it's been since then. This has been the issue over and over and over again. The shutting down of the government, defunding Obamacare. And when a guy who was described as the architect or one of the architects of it is on tape saying, oh yeah, all that stuff we told you, we just told you that to get it passed. Confirming what people like me and you said leading up to it and after they lied to us. It was garbage in, garbage out. The numbers they gave us, of course, were going to be uh, better numbers if you only gave them part of the data. If you give them garbage going in, the data you get out is going to be garbage. Well, think about if any of that information that came out in any of these Gruber speeches that were found on YouTube and all the, the proof that what we had thought was actually true. If had any of that come out five years ago, four years ago when they were pushing this? Do you think Obamacare would have been passed? No, it wouldn't have. There's not a chance no. it had been passed. And the reason, even at the point they did pass it, it had what, like a 50% unapproval rating? Oh yeah, it, it was not success. It was not uh, overwhelmingly accepted. Uh, the approval rating got worse, and it only passed by a couple of people in in in, um, in in the House and Senate. I mean, there were only a couple of people that got it done. It came down to a couple of people, and if it had come out, if everything he said, if that tape had come out. If he'd been making the round saying this stuff and somebody got it and it was played, the American people would have balked at it. And those people who voted for it wouldn't have been able to vote for it. Not because they didn't want some universal health care system, not because they didn't think that it had some merit, but because this would show it was a lie. Do you remember the big square table, the table set up in a giant square where Obama was discussing Obamacare? It was one of the final big pushes on Obamacare. And John Boehner, a bunch of other Republicans were there, and um, uh, Paul Ryan was there. It was the moment that Paul Ryan went through the numbers, and he had the paper. Do you remember? He's going through and basically said, my words, garbage in, garbage out. He said, Congress and the uh, Congressional Budget Office has not been given all of the information. Here are the legitimate numbers of, what'll hap uh, of what will happen, and here's how it adds to the debt and all of this stuff. If at that moment the actual numbers were out, here it is, that his tape was played, there's no way it gets pushed. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's a chance. I mean, he was basically coming out and saying, too, that the American people are so stupid, so this is how we have to pass it. I, there's not a chance it would have passed. So what happens to Gruber in the future? I mean, we all, we all talked about this. We all know about it. We put the information out there. And then it was Christmas. And then it's going to be first of the year. What's going to happen of it? What's going to happen with it? 
Republicans, you, you have a majority in the House and Senate coming up after first of the year. What are you going to do with this stuff? I'm ready for you to man up and get some stuff done. Right? I mean, this stuff's out there. It's documented. They lied to the American people. Are you going to protect insurance companies? You're going to get in there for the American people. The new statistic, by the way, 87% of people who just signed up for Obamacare are getting financial assistance to lower their Obamacare premiums. That means it's costing the taxpayers that much money. 87% of people are getting subsidized uh, uh, funds for their Obamacare. Skip Lacombe has done extensive research on getting subsidized Obamacare and the number 87. 87 is really far away or really close to 100%. It's pretty close. It's quite close, actually. That would mean it's almost nobody or almost everybody. Almost everybody is getting these subsidies. So, the two big reasons we needed Obamacare, according to those people, are what? What are the two big reasons we had to have some universal health care system? What was the big push? Why? Because we want to insure more people and we want to lower costs. There are still millions of people, tens of millions of people without insurance. Many had to be forced to sign up for this. So that was a fail. And now it not only didn't lower costs, the people that are signing up for this program have to get financial assistance. It's raised costs. Right. This shows you again. Gruber was right. They lied to you. What was the real motivation? Big government control. That's it. That's the only thing. Well, one, well, gonna... one of two things. Either they knew what was going to happen because they want that big government control. As Obama said, our ultimate goal is a single-payer system. Mm -hmm. You know that mm -hmm. before he was president. Or they're incompetent. Which is it? Is either one acceptable to you? That this administration, a president, would be this incompetent? Sadly, it's probably a mixture of both. Yeah, there's probably some incompetence, and I think some of them knew this was going to come. And are like, uh, those that didn't know are just saying, hey, let's not let it go to waste. I got we'll a job. Yeah, those ones didn't else. care. They were just looking at the, at the short term. I have a job. I'm doing whatever I can to, to keep that and move it forward. So what you have to watch for in 2015 and 2016 with regard to this is, will Gruber pay? Will Obama and the others that push this through pay? Will they be held accountable and responsible? Will, the, will there be a punishment? And finally, what to watch for is... How are we going to fix it? And if anybody starts saying, well, maybe we just need to go bigger. Maybe we need to spend more. Maybe it's time for single payer. No. Repeal, replace, end it. commercials i was hard at work going through what's coming up later in the show doing some uh, prep work for uh, what skip and i have coming up on friday morning when we're back to our regular show on the blaze radio network uh, while i was doing all of that skip has uh, apparently uh, made another I'm just, wardrobe okay, I change was, it was pointed out to me that if i if i just use the one tone of color it doesn't have as much of effect as with the layering effect. Now, you see, once the, the, the gradient and transition of mm. colors is what really helps sell the fashion, the fashion sense. I, gotta tell, I don't know if you're allowed in Glenn's office. 
I wasn't. I wasn't in Glenn's. Clearly, that stuff's was, from Glenn's wardrobe. I was not in Glenn's office. No, this this is all me. This is all my I stuff. I can't believe. So you actually admitting you own this, this stuff? Is all, this is all me. Okay. I, again, I think I look good. You, you look swell. You look you great. You apparently think this fashion no, 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 is you look great. a little look, too bold of a so direction you look, you for look, me, but hashtag Better Yourself Challenge. I think I look good. I think you look great. In fact, you know, feel free to comment on Skip's wardrobe if he's uh, getting that Glenn Beck effect or not. Just tweet at Doc Thompson Show or. At Skip Lacombe, and Skip Lacombe is spelled S K I P L A C O M B E. Got to get that E on the end, and use the hashtag What I Learned Today as well. See if he's if he's in the zone or not, I, uh, channeling I, Glenn. Apparently, Doc doesn't okay. think I look very good. But I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. Yeah, you insinuated. You insinuated. I insinuated. You insinuated. Wow. Okay. I'm just saying. I didn't say it. I'm just saying. I didn't say it. All right. Um, uh, it's a nice tie, by the way. Thank you very much. I this is the mother-in-law. Oh, the mother-in-law picked another tie there, so good. trying to get him out there. So, what, you don't like it? No, I love it. It looks great. See, you, I actually give you a compliment. You insinuated you didn't sincere. like it. Actually, I said I did like I it. I know, but there was a little... Uh, no, I think it's very snazzy. Good colors. there in that. Goes well with the jacket. Okay, Classic white shirt. Mm. No, you look great. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, New York City, a little bit of trouble. And by New York City, I mean Warren Wilhelm Jr. And by Warren Wilhelm Jr., I mean... <laughs> Bill de Blasio. He's uh, having a little bit of trouble with the popo in New York. So, <laughs> folks, this is, this is so wonderful. This is top three best stories for me of the year. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I really think. Really? Yep. yep. The, the, the turning of the, of, uh, of, of the support? Yes, the turning of the support, but specifically this one part. The part that now, apparently, any uh, tickets written for minor infractions... In New York City, we're talking parking, uh, speeding tickets, jaywalking, any of those are down a little bit after Mayor de Blasio called out the police, after he basically said they just want to shoot black kids. They're down a little bit. 94%. <laughs> now, skip 94. That's, is um, that closer to none or closer no, to that's all? That's closer to all. That's, okay. That means that for the same week, one year later, they had, uh, they had uh, only wrote 6% of the tickets that they did. <laughs> From the previous, interesting, previous interesting. week of the last year. Hmm. Is it possible they are reacting in this way because of what he said about them? Well, no, How he me, characterized let me, them. Let me think. Um, Is it, yeah, I would say yeah. that's probably likely. <laughs> okay, okay. I would say that's likely. Well, the police unions either, too. Several of the police unions have come out and said, encourage officers not to arrest people unless it's absolutely necessary. And apparently a lot of the officers are taking heed to that advice. Now, this is, again, many people getting this story wrong as well. Listen, police officers, if you're supposed to do this job, go and do your job. If you're supposed to, you know, stop people from jaywalking, right, you know, parking in the wrong place, speeding or whatever in New York City, go and do your job. I expect you to do it well. I still love the story, and I still understand where you're coming from. See, that's a difference. Skip and I are going to tell you right and wrong and tell you each little angle of this and, you know, why you should, shouldn't, whatever. They should, of course, still continue to do their job. I understand why, and I stand with you, that Warren Wilhelm Jr. is a dirtbag, that he really believes that you're just black kid killers. That's how he characterized them. I get it. You still should do your job, but it doesn't keep me from loving the story that they're sticking it to him. No, absolutely. It, it, it's a great story, too. We've seen lots of very uh, uh, public dis-showings of that, too. I mean, we've seen them turning the backs on Bill de Blasio several times. Uh, it, it's gotten ugly for him at this point. So the five police unions, yes, the five police unions, I said five police unions in New York City. Five. There's five of them, Skip. The police officers need five different unions. 
In New York City, the heads of those well, unions... Well, there's a union union, too, that oversees <laughs> for the For the union unions, workers? Right, I think so. The people who head up the unions of these union workers. It's the union union, the UU. The heads of them got together with uh, the mayor and the police commissioner yesterday, and uh, nothing, nothing came out of it. Well, I mean, you would have thought that if, if all five heads of the five police unions meet with the mayor and Bill Bratton, you would, you would think they'd be able to come up with some sort of a solution as to how to work this out. When I saw this about the tickets, and trust me, this didn't happen just yesterday. De Blasio's known about this for a couple of weeks, and he is crapping his pants. He cannot have revenue in the city fall by 94% from the stuff that comes in for tickets. He can't do it. And if that lasts for any length already, see, this is revenue that cannot be made up. They can't go back and say, hey, we can go get that 94% revenue that, we, that we've lost. You can't do that. I mean, without just going out and taxing people more, you know, they'd never do that. Or indiscriminately writing extra tickets right, for extra people who You can't who even make that up. You, I mean, people would flip out. I don't even know how you double the amount of tickets next time. You couldn't do it. And each week, each day that they don't write these tickets, that's more lost revenue. At some point, this is seriously going to hurt the city of New York. So, Mayor de Blasio is a failure now because he cannot win the police back without completely genuflecting to them. Just complete, whatever you want, I'll do, I'll say whatever you need. Just being a pawn of theirs, right? I mean, he can't... No, he, anything he would potentially, possibly do to go ahead and win back the good graces, and he would be completely inept as a, as a leader. And that's them. the key. So, if he wins them back... I believe the only way to win them back is to completely just bend over and say whatever you need. You can have it. In which case you're not an effective leader then. He might be done in 2015. He, 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 I think he is done. I don't see how he could possibly win another. E even with the support of people, there are people in the city, too, who are upset at de Blasio, too, and his, his, his lack of support for the police. Of course, there's the I-can't-breathe people out there who have been kind of in tow with him, and de Blasio's our guy, but... I mean, overall, I got to think that the mood on him is going to switch. And if, if alone, if the police, if the police are vehemently against you, all five unions, most officers, that's going to be an uphill battle for you. Yep. Uh, I think uh, the, the number of tickets, they were down roughly the 94 percent. They were down about 4,500 tickets in that uh, that week. Um, yeah, that week, 4,500 tickets less they wrote. At $10 a ticket, that's $45,000 the city lost. At roughly $100 a ticket, that's $450,000. Did I do that right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of cash they're losing. So now you're talking, you go a couple of months, you're into the millions of dollars. In just a couple of months, tens of millions of that stuff starts adding up. It's not going to be an effective leader there. Well, and breaking down the specific numbers is what I think is, is, is amazing. For that period of the week starting December 22nd, for instance, uh, traffic violations. Last year, 2013, there was 10,069. This year, it dropped all the way down to 587. Wow. Uh, taking a look, too, at parking violations from 14,699 all the way down to 1,241. I mean, astronomical drops in these numbers. There, there's nothing else that can be said that, well, they're clearly trying to stick it to de Blasio. And this can't last forever. I mean, this can't <laughs> go on for months and months and months at a time. You're talking, I mean, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in lost revenue to the city. If you're de Blasio, do you try it? Do you try the spin? Do you claim that crime is down? That's the reason <laughs> less tickets. Do, I, um, do, you, do you claim it? That would be a bold move that would from just a... You know, well, here's the here, thing. No, here it is. This is the marketing. If I'm de Blasio, I hate to give him this. This is brilliant. You ready? You go, you know what? I've, uh, I've seen the statistics that uh, the tickets are down 94%. 
I know the great men and women of the New York Police Department would never stop writing tickets when they see an infraction. No. So I can only surmise that under my leadership over the last year, we have gotten to a point where traffic infractions, jaywalking, all of these crimes, all of these legal infractions are down by 94%. And that is not only thanks to me, but thanks to the hard work of the New York Police Department over these many months and years. Take it even further, being like, it took years for Giuliani to clean up Times Square. <laughs> I cleaned up the entire city, north to south, in a week. I think you got to go ahead and suck up to the NYPD, though. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, they have done it. At this point, it's under my leadership. At this point, he's not going to do it. Or do you that. just, so he'll just take total them. credit for it? Like do, you, do you try oh, it? Do you no, roll it out there? I think you have to. I mean, that's his his mo. But you put it out there. You go. I know they would never do such a thing because they're all dedicated men and women, <laughs> right? How do they respond to that? Do you, or if you're the NYPD, you just come out and go. No, we ain't writing tickets because a guy thinks we just want to kill black kids. We're just black kid murderers. That's all we are. We're too busy trying to keep ourselves from killing these black kids, so you know we're not going to. <laughs> Um, now, as much as I say they should do their job, if you're supposed to write tickets, New York Police Department officers, go ahead and write those tickets. Much as I say that, Skip, the one head of the one union made a really good point when he said they need to protect themselves. He told them to only arrest people, only engage them, only write tickets when it's absolutely necessary. And you go, well, you're doing this because of de Blasio, but he says... No, if de Blasio is not going to support them, if you've got cops that are being shot on the street, at least somewhat in part uh, to this attitude of de Blasio's, of these protesters should go out and protest, hands up, don't shoot, all of this stuff, then they are not safe. Aren't they a greater target than they were six months ago? Are police Absolutely. Are police officers in New York a greater target than they were two years ago? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Now, will it be better a month from now? Will this all go away? It may, on its own. It may calm down a little bit, in which case you'd say two months from now, they're less likely to be targets now. But right now, he does make a good point. They are greater targets, and the mayor of New York City should be coming out and telling people, stop challenging the police, stop protesting like this. There's not an epidemic of black kids being shot. I told my son to be respectful of police officers because every parent should tell every son and daughter to be respectful of police because they are the police. Well, I think this goes to show, too, as opposed to that whole idea of, yes, um, only arrest people when absolutely necessary, only go after and attain. That shows before, too, there was a lot of uh, looking around and peeking around and making sure, seeing, looking for things wrong, looking for things to, to infright, looking for reasons to write tickets. I wouldn't do that if I was an NYPD officer at this point. I mean, actively trying to find people to, to arrest and, and write tickets to. and No, you're there to kind of keep the peace at this point because you don't want to get your head blown off. Now, there certainly is not an epidemic of cops killing innocent people. There's not an epidemic. I mean, by percentage, there's 320 million people in America now. There's certainly not an epidemic of cops killing minorities, black kids. It's just not true. But there's an interesting statistic Right now, 56% uh, in 2004, a 56% increase uh, in the number of officers killed on duty. 56% increase. So if anybody has anything to fear, it's the police officers. A 56% increase now. Still, it's relatively low. It's not like there's an epidemic of police officers being killed. But it has gone up by 56%. That's pretty significant. I mean, the, the two being shot, Officer Ramos and Officer Liu, 
those are going to really taint the statistics, uh, you know, anyways, by themselves, and certainly going to taint them in New York. But this is legitimate. They have concerns, and they should have concerns. Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. We're going to get some of your tweets coming up. You can tweet at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. And, of course, use the hashtag what I learned today. I saw a story this morning. I think it's posted at The Blaze, and you should go there and read it for yourself. It's about the actress from The Big Bang Theory, Kelly, uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Did I get that right finally? Kaylee Cuoco, yes. Man, I just want to call her Kelly Cuckoo. I really do. I just, I you see can the call Cuoco. her that if you want. No, it's just I think in most my people would still even understand who you're talking about. I just go penny for The Big Bang Theory. That's yeah, it, whatever. That'll work. Um, I saw this story, and I, I absolutely love this story. And it's not just because she's an actress in Hollywood that is not extreme progressive. That by itself would be interesting enough. I'm always fascinated by the celebrities that you see that are not automatically crazy progressive people. But she said such an amazing thing. It wasn't just that it's not crazy progressive. It's that it's nice. It takes the bigger view of the world and, and, and how we should be and how we should live. She was being interviewed by Red Book Magazine, and I think it comes out, the full interview is January 7th. There's is that when you usually get your subscription on January 7th? I'm sorry? Is that when you usually get your subscription to Red Book on, on like, the 7th? Let's just move along. Let's just move I'm just, along. I'm curious. Let's just move along. You seem to have some, well, never mind. Excerpts of it are at theblaze.com. And they asked her, hey, are you a feminist? Now, wh why do you ask that question? If you're Red Book, I mean, you're 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 baiting of somebody, right? Absolutely. You know, you're going to get something good because if it's right on, I'm a feminist. That's right. I don't shave my armpits or my legs. I'm going to go out there with the sign. All of this, you know, you're going to get a bunch of people that then buy and rush your magazine and tweet it because you got the feminists. Or you're going to get say somebody say they're not, in which case then you've got some controversy. Trust me, I would I would think most of the people that are journalists at Red Book, just because that's how it is in the world, in that industry, are probably pretty progressive. So they ask her this question, and she ends up with the most amazing quote. And I want to share this with you right now. She answered by saying, is it bad if I say no? It's not really something I think about. Things are different now, and I know a lot of the work that paved the way for women happened before I was around. I was never that feminist girl demanding equality, but maybe that's because I never really focused or, or faced inequality. That's what, isn't that what you want somebody to say? Recognize that there was a problem in the past. There was inequality. I don't face it in my life, so I've transcended inequality and sexism and genderism, right? I've transcended it. It's with the hand thing. They transcended. That's what it is. You transcend. It's the hand thing. That's, a, that's the international hand symbol for transcend. transcend though. What is there it? it is. That's it. Okay. Have you ever transcended something? I guess not. Okay. Well, when you do, you'll know to do this, the little swirly thing. She has transcended genderism. That's the point she's at. Gave a little hat tip to the people that were before her that paved the way. And she said, but maybe it's just that I've never faced inequality. Okay, good for you. Wonderful. Right off. I'm liking what she says. Then she talks about her husband, Ryan. And she says she cooks for him five nights a week. 
I cook for him five nights a week. It makes me feel like a housewife. I love that. I know it sounds old-fashioned, but I like the idea of women taking care of their men. I'm so in control of my work that I like coming home and serving him. My mom was like that, so I think it kind of rubbed off. Now, is that the type of a statement you expect from somebody coming out of Hollywood these days? No. For a, for a young woman working in Hollywood who honestly has been in Hollywood for, for many years at this point, you would think some of those progressive ideas would have slipped in there. Apparently not, though. And it's she not seems just, completely reasonable. Right, but it, and that's the key right there. It's not just that it's not progressive. It's actually very reasonable in gender. Or, yeah, it's or, not or, that it's genuine. conservative either. It's right. just, wow, that's how, how people should be. Exactly. Now, she also then gives a little praise to her husband and says, he takes care of me, too. And she, she thanked him for that in this, in this interview, thanking her husband for taking care of her, specifically mentioning she had some sort of um, sinus operation or infection or something recently and brought that up and said how he took care of her. So she likes taking care of her husband, even though she's a working woman, bringing home big money. It's a million bucks an episode she earns now. She likes doing those housewifey things, taking care of her man, giving a hat tip to the people that made this possible. Then said, thank you to my husband who takes care of me at times as well. So she's not like his servant or anything like that. And then stopped and gave thanks that she is this successful and thanked her parents, saying, my parents used to take me from audition to audition all around Los Angeles. They would run lines with me, making sure I was prepared. They would practice with me. She said they would give her financial and emotional support when she didn't get jobs. They took her uh, horseback riding lessons and dance, uh, dance lessons and all of this stuff for years. And she says, I'm just thankful that I'm now able to take care of them. She said when she thinks about that, because she always wanted to be able to, you know, to thank them by saying, you did all this, let me do for you now. Mm -hmm. She said it brings tears to her eyes knowing that she can take care of her family. It's awesome. And, and, and in those words, in that uh, small excerpt we've seen of this interview, she has got a, a, a major brownie points in my book. Major. In your book, because you're crazy. But to the feminists, they've been blasting her. They have attacked her online. Think how asinine this is. She gave mention to feminists that made, I mean, we're talking suffragettes and, and people who who worked to make sure women had equality. She said, yes, yes, people worked and made this possible for me before I was around. Great. I haven't faced inequality. In other words, we've transcended it. She makes a million dollars an episode. She's a woman. I don't know if you know that. She's female, Skip. She makes a million dollars an episode. Wouldn't feminists be happy about that? You would think so, but apparently no. because, simply because she doesn't buy into that mindset of, oh, yes, I've been kept down, and, oh, we need mm -hmm. to go out there and burn our bras, all of a sudden she's, she's being thrown to the wayside by these feminists? They can't even, like, uh, try to, to approach her and be like, no, you should because of blah. No, it's hateful. They're spewing hate at her because she disagrees. Oh, yeah, they called her stupid, bad actress, all of this stuff. They've said, you don't know what feminism is, all of this. What is feminism, then? She is a female who is not only equal to men, she has surpassed them. She is one of the biggest television stars right now in America. And she is a woman making a million dollars. Shouldn't they be right on? You go, girl. Right? I mean, what's the Virginia Slims? Look how far you've got. Right? I mean, that's what she should be doing. No. Attack her. Why? 
See, it's not just that she's not, you know, spewing all of their BS. She has shown. This actress from The Big Bang Theory, Kaylee Cuoco, has exposed them as frauds. That's what she's done. She shows that these people who are out there marching the, you know, you shave your armpit, how dare you? All of this nonsense is exactly that. It's nonsense. Women can achieve. They do achieve. Nobody's keeping them down. It's not like it was 50 years ago. She's successful. She exposes them. And by not saying all of that stuff, by not regurgitating all of the stuff that they say that they would like her to, she is an affront to them. She doesn't help them perpetrate this scam. She's telling you about the Nigerian prince scam. That's what she is. That's what she's doing. She's exposing that. But she's also exposing how pathetic their lives are outside of that. Because she has, apparently, I mean, this is pretty sincere. I don't know. I'm, I'm not familiar. I've never met her. I don't know her husband. They could have a horrible marriage. It could be great. But I speculate, based on the way she said these things, that it's very sincere that she likely has a good marriage. This is a woman who is grateful. So it's not just the scam of feminism she's exposing. She's exposing that they are hateful, that they're not grateful, they don't count their blessings. She shows all of their failures. Well, and, and real quickly, too, going back to a point you kind of made earlier, too, on how is this an appropriate question for Redbox? Why is this a red. question? A red book. I'm sorry, red book. Why would they even, even ask this question? Either A, they're going to get the response that, yes, Kaylee is indeed a feminist and what, just red meat for your listeners, too. Well, that's not journalistic. That's not answering. You should be able to get to that through normal questions. Or, alternatively, she's going to not meet with the feminist uh, uh, thought or thinking. It's going to gin up people, and it's going to sell more magazine covers. I mean, unless I'm missing something... There hadn't been some huge issue on the Big Bang Theory about feminism, right? Or she hadn't been in the middle of some feminist controversy or caught in a rally. I've never seen, like, the new episodes of Goma. I don't ever watch it on any I mean, nothing that we know I have no idea. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if that was the case, let's say they were interviewing her because she was at a feminist rally, and they're like, hey, are you a feminist? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's a natural thought process, a natural line of questioning. Aside from that, there's no reason for, for Redbook to have no. randomly broached this kind of a question. Right. You're doing one of a couple things. You're either continuing to push this myth of feminism, you know, that women are being kept down and you got to go out there and not shave your armpits, or they're trying to set a trap for her. I think she handled it beautifully. And ultimately, too, even when, when she disagrees with the overall feminist ideas, you would think that normal, reasonable, tolerant people would be okay with that. No. Nope. Not the case. No. And she makes a pretty solid argument for it. Like I said, wasn't around, but thank you for making it possible for me to do this. Incredibly grateful. You know, if she was like, ah, oh, that's a bunch of hooey, like, <laughs> like I said. Like if, if for instance, Red Book had you on. In the <laughs> Where I said something like, so, uh, so Doc, are you uh, a feminist? Uh, uh, no. In fact, I think they're all Nazis. I'm pretty sure they're all Nazis. And I'm pretty sure most feminists stink. I'm pretty sure they stink. I mean, now, when a, you say stink, you're speaking metaphorically? No, no, no. I mean, they don't bathe properly. Oh. Yeah, many of their orify are going to uh, have a foul funk uh, under the pits, the whole thing. You know, they don't. Uh, proper hygiene is lost on feminists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Um, I need a feminist like a feminist needs uh, <laughs> I, to be let, dirtier. Let me stop you there. Yeah, should just I just end this right, right there? there? Okay, I think probably. <laughs> All right. Yeah, going to be bad. Yeah, now if she had said something like that, I could see the feminist saying, well, you're attacking. She wasn't just well, and again, graceful. She, and again, too, had that been her response, then I'd probably be more critical of her. Well, Kaylee, why are you poking people in the eyes? She don't was, be a jerk. Rule number one. She was thankful. She was gracious. I like her. 
We'll see where she goes from here. Tell us what you've learned along the way with the hashtag What I Learned Today. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu on this New Year's Eve. Tie and sweater now. Bow tie and sweater. You felt that. Uh... I just, I'm trying to get some more contrast in there. Because see, now we have multiple colors, but I was losing that main base of the gray. And I really kind of want to bounce that off of the kind of loud jacket, you know, with the plaid. So. I don't even know you. What do you mean? Then the bow tie is classy. I mean, classic. I don't, I don't bow even tie. know who you are now. What do you man? mean? Wow, this is. Uh... Okay, okay. Again, if you don't think I look good, that's fine. But I mean, you. I'm not saying that. I never what, said what that. What is your problem? You I just said that. I don't even know you. It's it's a Because because I, I look so good right now. It's, it's like, just different. I don't even recognize Skip because damn, he looks good. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Fashion forward idea. Yeah, run with that. That's that's exactly, exactly. what I was saying was going there. Thank you. So I was talking to um, Mona, who uh, does makeup here, and she was considering making a trip to Las Vegas. The little convention she was going to attend in uh, January, and she's like, well, I was going to go early, but uh, supposed to get a little bit of snow in the Las Vegas there. This is like the first time, in, I mean, a significant amount in a long time because you got I this storm that. coming. Now, when I lived in Vegas in the uh, early 90s, I think one or two times, there, this was over a couple of years, flurries were spotted for a couple of moments. It was but like, even at that point, I mean, there will never, there's never any sticking on the ground no, or no. accumulation no, by any I, means. Yeah, when I say flurry spotted, it was in the air. Yeah. Like None you, of them hit the ground and stayed true. for any length of time. It was just there. And they get it here and there. But, yeah, Vegas is supposed to get hit. And, of course, that's climate change because of climate change. It's yeah. never happened before, ever, it's, ever. They've never had snow, ever. never had snow? Oh, they have, just not recently. Okay, well, then they, then they have had snow Yes, before. that's right, that's right. So it's really not climate change. Hmm. I mean, other than climate changes every year, every month, every couple of years, because we call that weather. In fact, you know, when we step out of the studios this afternoon, mm -hmm. the climate's going to be different than when we walked into the studio. Yeah, uh-huh. It'll be definitely different tonight, you, too. Do you know why? Why is that? Climate change. Yeah, that's true. Uh, apparently, the area of sea ice on the Earth, in the Arctic, has, uh, is at the greatest level in since 1984. So, Skip, if there is truly climate change going on, as we have told over and over again, and now these weather phenomena, when phenomena, unusual weather, which does happen from time to time, like Vegas getting some significant snow, mm -hmm. they tell us, well, that's climate change, too. If it's warm, if it's hot, if it's whatever, it's all climate change. And one of the things they love to mention is the amount of Arctic sea ice. How, what's, you, you see the, the, the map sometimes. You're like, look at this. The polar bears are going to drown. The polar bears are, you don't understand. Most amount of ice since 1984. Well, that's By 1984, is, I don't mean the book. That, that certainly is going to hurt their narrative, though, of, I mean, polar bears being unable to swim yes. and, and have mm -hmm. ice and, okay, well. Yeah, that seems um, like this is something they'd want to cover, isn't it? Right? Do you think the, the media would want to cover that a little bit more? Well, see, but here's the problem, though. Like, the media is kind of in on that progressive ideal that global warming is some actual thing. So they're not going to report on that. You know, the Daily Mail had a story, and this is something that I've said over and over when it comes to climate change, and this seems to be lost on a whole lot of people. See, 
If we produce more carbon, if we breathe out more, that's going to be better for the plants that they say we're killing and hurting and, right? I mean, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. The more we put out carbon dioxide, the more they take that in and put out oxygen. Yeah, because much like we breathe oxygen and, they, uh, and, and, and we exp, ex, uh, and exhale carbon dioxide, they inhale carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen. I remember I was in first or second grade when I learned that. Or, uh, I learned it because I went home to my dad and I learned that we breathe oxygen. And I went home and I was like, are we going to run out of oxygen someday? If everybody's breathing oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide, are we going to run out of oxygen? And he's like, Are you little idiot. global warming kid? <laughs> right, you? right. No, I wasn't global warming. I was just worried. <laughs> I was freaked out. I wasn't going to have oxygen. He goes, plants give off oxygen. It's a symbiotic relationship. You know, plants, whatever. So the more carbon we put out there, the better it is. For plants, more plants are going to flourish, and then what happens? They put out more oxygen. It's actually a pretty good thing, right? No, it doesn't matter. I bring this up because apparently, uh, the story of the Daily Mail, that tropical forests are growing faster than scientists thought due to rising levels of... Carbon dioxide. There it is. Do you remember 20, 30 years ago... When the whole rainforest talk, talk started, mm. right? Everybody, we got to save the rainforest. Save the rainforest. They're doing deforestation. Right, exactly. All of the, save the rainforest. And I remember seeing all of these um, models and things that they would show you on TV about how much of the rainforest is being, is being cut down. And they would say, you know, if we don't stop it today, within 20 years, the rainforest is going to be completely gone. 20 years. Yeah, please donate money. And a couple of years after they first started saying this, they're like, you know, we only got you know, 20 years or so. And then about 10 years ago, I realized they, they don't say that anymore. Why? Are the rainforests all gone or did they save them? They still talk about donating money and climate change and all of this stuff. But during that early rainforest talk, it was all climate change, but it was specifically rainforest. Well, what happened? Shouldn't they tell us the score now and then? What happened? Did you save the rainforest? If you did, then why are you going at me with the rest of the climate change stuff? I think this shows that it's really about control and money. Well, and it's the same type of thing with, like, government taxes, too. Once there's a government tax that's going to be out there, the fact that it's going to sunset or go away, <laughs> you better hope. It never will. Once they're able to get your money, they're going to keep taking your money. There was, I, I used to go to Cleveland Zoo quite a bit. I used to live pretty close to the Cleveland, Ohio Zoo. And I would take my son, Tiger, uh, to the zoo with us as well, and... Um, been there a ton of times. I don't know if they still have it. I haven't been to the Cleveland Zoo in probably about five years or so. But the last time I was there, they still had this big board in their rainforest exhibit. They, they built a, like, the dome and put a whole rainforest-themed stuff in there. A lot of zoos have done that. And it's actually pretty cool. Love the Cleveland Zoo. Very nice. But they had up this board made of lights that shows you where uh, there are rainforests around the world. And they showed, like, Today, the rainforest, lights all over the place. In 20 years. It looks like Detroit's lights at that point. <laughs> like like North Korea. Out. Exactly. And by that, I mean Detroit, yeah. <laughs> right, there's no lights on it. They're like, in 20 years, if we don't stop it, what's going on? I want to know, is it still up there? In fact, I'm probably not going to get there anytime soon. If you have been to the Cleveland Zoo within the last year or so, please tweet at Doc Thompson Show and tell me, do they still have that in? It's in the big room, I think, where the otters are. And the lights on it. Because that was put up like 30 years ago or 20 years ago. So 
I mean, we're at the point that they were talking about now. Let's see really how it looks compared to what they thought we would look like 20 years ago versus today to what we actually are today. So what happened? Did you stop it or were your numbers wrong? Were you lying to us? It's been 20 years. So if your numbers could be off 20 years ago about the rainforest... Doesn't what makes them think they wouldn't be off now? But you they're never going to come out and tell no. you that because it's the same people back then saying 20 years ago, we got to save the rainforest that's saying we got to reduce carbon emissions. Remember they were saying save the clock tower too? Remember that? That was uh, same type of people. I'm telling you, you got to save something. Save the whale. Save the clock tower. <laughs> Just give us your money so we have power. I want them to read the score. What about the rainforest? And how come it didn't end up going away? You're telling me you stopped it. That was it? Give me the statistics. Tell me what happened. Were your numbers that off? There's no way they got enough money based on what they were telling. They were telling us the world was going to end because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the end of the world if we don't save the rainforest. Well, heck, even look back at what 1971, 1972, there was a Time a cover article about the next ice age. The ice age is coming. Back in, I think it was 1971 or 1972, that was a Time cover story article about being feared about global cooling and the next ice age. It's really funny. If you go back, you can find as, um, all the way back to the 1800s and the Grover Cleveland administration where there were articles written in in national publications scaring people about a coming ice age. It didn't come, did it? And now what are they doing? It's global warming. And then when they realized that wasn't working, well, it's climate change in general. Which is it? You recognize it's all just a scam. But I think... I think one of the ways to make our points moving forward is to talk more about the rainforest and stuff. And I got to see, if, in fact, if you're going to the Cleveland Zoo, because I think they're open, even open tomorrow. I think they're open New Year's Day. It's good days to go. There's not a lot of people or whatever. Um, take a picture and send it to me, would you? Tweet at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. I, I got to see if that board's still up there. I want them to read us the statistics. How come it didn't go away? Are you still telling? Because it, it was now, now versus 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, is it still coming? Are we still 20 years off, or is it like four years off? So 50 years, we push it back? What is it? Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stu today. Make sure to send it to at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe. Uh, the tweets are coming in at Doc Thompson show at Skip Lacombe. Why is at Skip Lacombe only wearing one pair of pants? Well, let me help you out there, Denny. Um, he just hasn't gotten that far yet. Why he's wearing all the other clothes is he's mocking Glenn Beck. Now, hold and on, eventually hold on. he'll. Now, hold, just for clarification, I am, I am not mocking Glenn Beck in any way, shape, or form. I, I simply realize that Glenn is a, is a fashionista, if you will. Someone I aspire to, to look like it and be like so if i'm taking a couple of pages from his book that's not a horrible thing you're not taking a couple pages for his book you're taking a couple of outfits from his wardrobe here's the question do i look good do i look okay do i look good is this it's not for me to say who am i to judge no i'm curious i want you're my friend doc i I think you look great well thank you i think you look fantastic i I, dare i I say you look fabulous i think it works for me i'm just i'm saying i think it works i i didn't realize you needed uh Needed glasses. 
Sometimes uh, with the lights in the studio, it's kind of hard for me to read. Because I've read the never seen you wear glasses. I know. I get a headache, headache sometimes. And I, I've had these. You know, I don't wear them very mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. But um, is, it, is, it a, is it a serious prescription? Is it thick? Is it it's, uh, it's actually it's pretty thin. They're really just reading glasses. Like I'm not even driving or anything. <laughs> reading glasses. Okay. Read, and sometimes when I'm working at the okay. computer a long time, the strain okay. with the glare is kind of bad. But now, yeah. is, I will let you judge whether or not Skip is mocking Glenn or wow. if he's uh, being very serious here mm-hmm. on our morning show. Every day as we wrap it up on the Blaze Radio Network, I'll usually ask what Glenn is wearing to highlight what he has coming up and that he is that fashion icon now. And Skip usually takes it to a different place, mocking or what I think is mocking him. So I asked Skip, I said, why don't you put a collage together of what uh, Glenn has wore the last, uh, the last year, throughout uh, 2014. And Skip put it together. I want to play some of the audio for you now, and I'll let you decide if, if he is serious or not. What, if anything, is Glenn wearing today? A bicycle helmet. <laughs> Birkenstocks, which has me concerned. He's been in New York all week. Yeah, I that's don't true. know, man. That Abe Lincoln hat from the museum, I <laughs> thought David Barton needed that back, though. Uh, what is Glenn wearing today? He's pretty and plaid. One of those fake tuxedo t-shirts. Slutty nurse. A, a Goldwater Miller 64 shirt. <laughs> His Cosby sweaters. What is Glenn wearing today? A Dave Brat shirt. Raccoon dog fur. What is, uh, what is he wearing today? A whole lot of tweed. That is a lot of tweed. Wow. Okay. Serious. A Building America shirt. Eh, with Mike Rowe. He's got a Mike Rowe shirt. No, no, no. One of ours. A knitted tree sweater. What Mark is Glenn Eddington. wearing today, dude? Fifty Shades of Blue. Ooh, interesting. Looking good. Mm-hmm. Black and gold. <laughs> a blue tracksuit. I... What is Glenn wearing today? Do you know that? Houndstooth and Crocs. A mink fedora. <laughs> Bold choice. Does it have a feather? Of course it doesn't have a Big feather. Actor. What is Glenn wearing today? All I'll say is it's the Monday after Naked Gardening Day. Heather Gray and a mischievous oh. grin. Cornflower and avocado color tones. <laughs> so what is Glenn wearing today? Have you seen him in he's, he's wearing plaid, but uh, surprisingly understated. He's still rocking those rhinestones. Chinos y zapatos nuevos. That a lifting corn. belt. He must be moving some uh, stuff around the studio. Do you know what Glenn's wearing today? A, a t-shirt from the gutter. A carbonite baseball cap. <laughs> Captain Citrus cape. Clashing colors. Yeah, he wears that every day. Thick layer of Purell. What is Glenn wearing today? Some sort of a snuggy knockoff. I don't know. Green and yellow polka dots. Burlap, but... Kind of an upscale burlap. It's upscale yeah. burlap. It's always okay. he's wearing what all men aspire to wear and look like. He, you suck like, up. No, he's yeah, very dapper. What is that Glenn wearing today? A Chris McDaniel 2020 tw- sweatshirt. <laughs> well, that's really... Um, okay. Too soon? Yeah, too soon. It's too soon. A tan sweater jacket and jeans. <laughs> Sounds spectacular. Hey. You know, he's still got that Lakers hat on. At first, I thought he was just in L.A. trying to assimilate, but now I think he's making a statement. Oh, what is Glenn wearing today? Kind of an oversized bow tie today. A Star Trek one piece. A really big sombrero. Kind of looks like Luigi from the Mario Brothers. Nice. What is Glenn wearing today? A huge ass shirt. <laughs> His frozen Doberman shirt. It's kind of red vest with kind of an... <laughs> Olive colored jacket. A 1958 wow. Chevrolet Apache. It uh, looks good. It's a little snug, though. <laughs> what is Glenn wearing today? Uh, he's actually wearing a dark blue shirt with black vertical stripes. Uh, a Viking hat. Interestingly enough, a shirt from 99 Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Buster Brown shoes and husky jeans. <laughs> Cutoffs and flip flops. Must still be vacation Glenn. Do you know what Glenn Beck is wearing today? Uh, skin tight red and blue lycra. It's kind of in this web pattern. <laughs> Let's just put it this way Glenn wants you to be his neighbor today. Let's just say apparently Rayon also lives here. A boater in silk pants. What is Glenn wearing today? His I don't call 911 t-shirt. A black leather and a red velvet, it looks like. Something looted. Not sure. Michael Pelka is still busy helping him choose. Shecky and Bob shirt. At least 15 swatch watches. Full Renaissance garb. Woohoo! Milk, silk, and jute. Giant belt buckle and a Smokey and the Bandit t-shirt. See, I... 
I think he often looks spectacular. I mean, look at that. Now, the n normal average person is not going to be able to pull that off, but take a look at Glenn. But you're saying it works for him. It works for him. Mm -hmm. Now, now if I could find that somewhere around the studio, I would, I would try it out as well. <laughs> You got the Joe Namath uh, hankering for a Joe Namath outfit? I that... think that would be nice. In fact, I'm losing my bow tie here. Yeah. Joe Namath, Glenn Beck, both fashion forward. See, I think what really ties it together best with Glenn is, uh, is the cat. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Broadway Glenn Beck. I'm going to go ahead and say Beck? Broadway Beck. I'm going to go ahead and lay Beck. that out there for us. So, okay. hey, if you would like to hear that and uh, other excerpts from our show, you can hear the audio at uh, theblaze.com slash doc, theblaze.com slash doc. And uh, don't forget, uh, throughout the holiday weekend, make sure to check out the Blaze Radio Network, theblaze.com slash radio, because we have that whole uh, special, the year in your ear kind of review of 2014. And as part of that, we're going to talk a whole lot about the hashtag Better Yourself Challenge. One of the things I'd like you to, uh, to do if you get a chance is ch pick up the book, The Go-Giver. That's something that Glenn gave all of us for Christmas. It's a short read book. And for me personally, and I'm, I'm not kidding, and I've never said this about another book other than, than the Bible, uh, life-changing. It, it really is. Uh, wait till you see what Skip and I end up pulling out of our hat or some other place after the first of the year. It's going to be spectacular. No, no, it's an awesome book, yeah, so definitely recommend it. It's an easy, quick book to read, too, uh, a, a short, uh, a large print on it, too, so it shouldn't take you too long, and it really will help change your perspective on some things. And not just your marriage, not just your business, not just your relationship. You're going to love it. The Go-Giver. Pick it up. Give a copy away. You are going to love it. It's a great read. It's kind of parable form as well. All right, uh, before we wrap things up this year, um, a, a, apparently we have a jib-jab. Yes, we have a, a holiday jib-jab to kind of help celebrate the year. Really? This is a New Year's Eve jib-jab. Wait a minute. Wait what? a minute. What? I thought we were spotlighting 2014. I thought we were just spotlighting 2014. Okay. Isn't jib-jab like 2012? They're still around. Jib Jab does good work. Don't hate on the Jib Jab. I'm not hating on the Jib Jab. It I'm sounds just saying, like you're hating on the Jib no, Jab. If, we, if we're spotlighting 2014, you think you spotlight something big from 2014. Jib Jab's kind of old technology. The technology, old wow. media. Okay. I see how it is. Okay, fine. I well, personally still like Jib Jab. I'm not saying it's not likable. Doc doesn't I'm like my dress. Okay. He doesn't like Jib Jab. Okay. See what, how hard it is to do. All right, we're going to go ahead and see it. I, it's probably spectacular. I, Here's okay. the holiday New Year Jib Jab. You don't want to do it. No, it's fine. Okay. Okay. You know, maybe, perhaps, 
perhaps I was wrong. You know, that technology maybe is a little a little old at these times. And by the way, perhaps that was that is actually Pat Gray from 20 years ago. That is actually him. He had the long locks or whatever. Stu's actually looks like he's enjoying himself. He looked like he was really part of it. He still, Stu probably. Now, what did you spike the spike the punch with? It's a secret. A little trade secret there. That's your whatever. secret. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a happy new year. Thank you so much for supporting the Blaze, the Blaze TV, and the Blaze Radio Network with your continued support. We have got amazing things coming up in 2015 and beyond. We are at a pivot point where amazing things are coming up. And the things that have frustrated you in the past, we're going to make some of those things go away. And it's going to be a whole new direction and a new way to accomplish it. Have yourself a great day and a happy new year from everybody here at the Blaze TV.